and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Today, we will see the good inputs for the Christian life, which make for a rooted, fruitful life for Christ. And now, Pastor Robert Elliott. From walking, we move to the second point, which is rooting. Verse 7, please. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. There is something which must precede our wise living or walking in Christ. And what must precede our wise living and walking in Christ is being rooted in Christ. You have to first be rooted in Christ before you have any hope of living in Christ, walking in Christ. You must first be rooted in Christ. And will you notice the verse says firmly rooted, seven, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. We are to be firmly rooted in Jesus. You remember our Lord's parable of the soils we looked at last Sunday. There was roadside soil, there was rocky shallow soil, there was weed infested soil, and then there was good soil. Do you remember what made the good soil good? How was it proven out that the good soil was in fact good? Do you remember? It was the soil's ability to foster firm, strong root systems. And these firm root systems anchored in the good soil supported plants that were healthy and vigorous enough to have impressive crops. 30 or 60 or 100 times what was started with. And specifically, church, what is good soil with respect to your discipleship? What is good soil with respect to you learning to be a committed follower of Jesus Christ? What is good soil for me as your pastor learning to better follow Jesus? Well, what is good soil for all of us are the inputs we welcome into our lives. Various inputs that we allow into our Christian life will either make our Christian lives good soil, if they are good inputs, or if we allow poor inputs into our lives, we will have lousy soil. The choice is ours. So what would be some good soil inputs that would make your life be rooted in Christ and fruitful? Well, the text gives us at least four inputs that we ought to welcome and search out if we want to be good soil, if we want to walk in Jesus, if we want to be firmly rooted in him. Do you see that four? Number one, edification. Verse seven, having been firmly rooted and now being built up. That's edification. To be built up in our faith is edification. Second input that is good soil is establishment. After edification, establishment, still in verse 7, and established in your faith. Third input that will help you be good soil is instruction, still in verse 7. As you were instructed. 
And still in verse 7, the fourth good input that will make your life good soil is overflowing with gratitude. So watch this. Good soil for you, if you would be rooted in Christ so that you could walk with Christ, in Christ, you need to welcome edification, you need to welcome establishment, you need to welcome instruction, and you need to welcome gratitude. It's that simple. And so we are to dig down, to be firmly rooted in Christ. We are to seek out good inputs that I've just given you from the text in verse 7 so that we can be fruitful. And the good news is that whoever you are, however old you are in Christ, or however old you are chronologically on a calendar, you can be firmly rooted in Christ. And you can be fruitful. Now, Scripture is not... Uh, Pollyanna-ish. Remember the children's story, Pollyanna? Uh, Pollyanna was unrealistically optimistic about everything. But the truth is, isn't it, that sometimes life isn't a glad game. It's hard. And sometimes life is messy. In fact, for some of us, at some points in our lives, life is very messy. Maybe you're there this morning. And so God... In his servant Paul, by the Spirit of God, inspires verses 6 to 8 to realize that it's not always easy to live as we ought to live in Christ, to be firmly rooted as we ought to be in Christ. And so we have some remedy here. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. You see, if we as genuinely born-again believers carelessly walk or live, often it's because we don't bother to get the right life inputs to make us good soil, and thus we don't get firmly rooted in Jesus. And then, then, and this is so tragic, then we can be kidnapped by humanistic philosophies. And that brings us to our third point this morning. After walking, after rooting, now we have kidnapping. And verse 8 is very sobering. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Rather than according to Christ. Verse 8 is a very clear warning to you. And now, today's personal God story. In our fourth and last segment of Chinese National Stephen's God Story, you will find a wonderful understanding of how Christ changes a life. Uh, Water baptism symbolizes that the old Stephen has died with Christ on the cross. Mm -hmm. And the new Stephen who has Jesus' life as life, is raised out of the water to picture uh, becoming a new creation in Christ, able to live in righteousness Mm -hmm. because of the Holy Spirit powering you. Yeah, right. Beautiful. So here you are, a young man from China. Uh, You come looking for the meaning of life. Mm -hmm. You come to Bahamas. And the very place God has you to work, you meet 
a man who is committed to Christ. Yeah. And you can ask him your questions. Yeah, definitely. And, and he helps you. Mm -hmm. And then you step across the line of unbelief in Jesus to trust in Jesus for salvation. Yeah. And then you're, you're baptized. You go public with the private reality. That is awesome. Stephen, how has coming to Christ changed your outlook? Well, first of all, I think I am trying to show love to people around me. Yes. And uh, I enjoy fellowshipping yeah. with others. Yeah. I enjoy going to church every Sunday yeah. to fellowship with people, mm -hmm. with brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the most important point. And the second one is, I've been reading my study Bible. Yes. And uh, by reading it, I could really understand deeply about Jesus, about God's Word, and uh, it uh, gives the meaning of my life, which is grow in faith first. Yes. Once I'm uh, mature enough, I'm gonna go back to China. I'm gonna spread the gospel. I'm gonna bring the love that uh, is supposed to be there. I'm gonna bring the love back to China. Yeah. How and have have love among Chinese people. How exciting. And Jesus Christ can do that. Jesus Christ can change Chinese as he's changed you. He can change Bahamians. He can change all people yeah. to make us love others with God's love. Yeah, I believe that. That is so exciting. Well, Stephen, it's our joy at Calvary Bible Church to see you worshiping God with us every Sunday and and uh, just showing that love of Christ. You you do a great job of that, and I hope you feel loved by us as your brothers and sisters here at Calvary Bible Thank Church. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I'd just like to pray for you, Stephen, before we say goodbye. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful story. A story of your pre-planning a life, uh, loving a, a young man to send him to a country where he'd meet someone from another country and mostly where he'd meet Jesus. Thank you that the questions that Stephen had growing up with his uh, confusion and pain found answering Jesus Christ, the one who is love. And thank you that Stephen, although he agonized over the decision, decided to trust Jesus and only Jesus to make him right with you, Lord. Please bless Stephen and his new jobs here on the island of New Providence. Encourage his heart, protect him, guide him, grow him. We thank you for his love for Scripture, his love for the people of God, and we just pray that he would, in fact, mature spiritually and that your time and your way, you'd send him back to China as a missionary to his own Chinese people. Until that time, we intend to enjoy him, encourage him, and bless him. And I thank you for his availability to do this interview today. Lord, if there's a listener out there today, agonizing over a decision to trust Christ for salvation. Give him grace to go across the line. 
if there's a listener agonizing over obedience to the Savior, they know the Savior by faith, but they're agonizing over obeying Him in some matter. Lord, I pray for this brother or sister to step out in obedience and know your blessing. So, Lord, thank you for all that we have in Jesus Christ, and it's his name we pray together. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Stephen. My pleasure. As I was listening to Brother Stephen's uh, God Story's conclusion, first of all, I'm mindful that his God Story is not about to stop because he's advancing in his love for Jesus. But I thought of 1 Corinthians 13 and uh, one verse into 14. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. And if there are tongues, they will cease. And if there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, just as I also have been fully known. Now abide faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. As you take away from this part of Stephen's God story, where he wants to live Christ's love here and someday in China, May you also have that as your great ambition as a child of God's, that love can be written over all of your thinking, love can be written all over your speaking, and love can be written all over your actions. Today's Help for the Hearing segment is brought to you by Calvary Bible Church's Christian Counseling Center. The center is located at 58 Collins Avenue, Nassau, Bahamas. If you would like an appointment... For more information, dial 323-7000. That's 323-7000. Or email them at cccbahamas 
at gmail.com. And now, the Executive Director of the Christian Counseling Center, Pastor Frederick Arnett. Thank you very much for having us again this morning. Last time we talked about enjoying the wedding and being invited to the marriage, a sign that was seen on a billboard, sign God. We want to continue looking at expectations of marriage, and we dealt last time with expectations. What are our expectations? And one of them was security. Uh, what about companionship when it comes to marriage? Yeah, I, I think having um, seeing your spouse uh, as a good friend or your best friend, and this is someone who's going to journey with you through all the joys and the sorrows of life in the good times, uh, in the bad times, celebrate life uh, when the tsunami comes, that person is there, like your husband or your wife. Uh, I, I think this friendship this uh, begins on the dating area. I don't think this is just after you get married, you try to establish this friendship. It, it reminds me of uh, a verse in Songs of Solomon that says, this is my beloved and this is my friend or my companion. Right. Some uh, paraphrase says friend, some says companion. Mm -hmm. So I think you... It's important that you're not marrying your enemy. You're right. marrying your friend. Yes. Okay? Yes. And you're not marrying your father or your or mother. Your mother. You're okay, right. you're marrying your friend. Like a few times at a wedding I saw on the wedding program, I am marrying my best friend today. And so I think this is important that this person is going to be with me in the rough times. This person is going to seek my best interests. They want to see my growth, my development. It's not going to be a competition if I am um, in classes and aspiring to get my degree, then they abandon me and they go to class and try to get whatever. You know, you want someone who's going to give you support and you in turn support them and not this you know, we're being very competitive. Okay. You indicated that when we are getting married, it's very important to recognize that you're going to have good times, but we need to leave room for the bad times. And even in most of the Christian weddings, we would mention for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, until death do us part. But that is being said today, but I'm not sure how many people really sit down and think about how important that is. Uh, life will not always be a bed of roses. You are going to have disappointments. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to have problems in a relationship. But when we talk about companionship, we want to be able to grow into companionship. We start out as friends, but we want to make sure that we are best friends, not just coping 
we want to be best friends. I know there are times that uh, we work in the same office, uh, but there are times when uh, I would call your phone and uh, you are not there and I'll leave a message for you. And um, it would be something that I feel, not that we're not in the same office or not that we're not going home together, but I will say something nice to you that is only between the two of us. Yeah, in a case those. like that, what, 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 what does that mean to you? Does it mean anything well, to you? Well, um, the love notes, um, normally when I um, access my uh, phone and I find out it's usually a lovely um, love note or phrase and, and that's precious to me and I think that adds to um, the companionship and the friendship which um, is something that started in the dating period this isn't just something that happens now we did that back there and, and it's sustained over the years because many times you find that what you're doing during the dating period, it's gone by the board. But what I appreciate with us, we try to sustain, maintain, and enjoy those precious little moments. Just I'm buzzing in and say, this, I'm, I'm calling my sweetie or my honey and tell you how much I love you. That's precious. Well, it, it's good to know that you appreciate it. And that is something that I would recommend to our couples. Thank you for listening again this morning and we will pick up from here next time. God bless and have a good day. It's time for answers to your questions. We urge you to take a moment and get a pen and paper and take down the references used so that you can do your own study later on. We here at Echoes of Calvary are always excited to receive your letters of support and your questions which we seek to answer right away and also here on the show. You can send us your letters at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com. Once again, here is Pastor Robert Elliott. How do we know that Revelation 3.10 can be applied beyond the first century church? Are there New Testament verses which teach a pre-tribulational rapture? In case you're not familiar with that, the questioner is asking, are there Bible verses that teach that Christ will rapture or gather out the believing members of the church on earth in the twinkling of an eye before the seven years of tribulation? Again, the question is asking, are there New Testament verses which teach us that Christ's rapture return timing will be before the seven years of intense judgment on earth called the tribulation here's my answer one approach to studying the bible is the approach of biblical theology biblical theology traces a certain idea or doctrine or subject or theme as a string or on a thread which runs through several different bible books uh, this is going to help us see the progression of revelation on any particular idea or subject or doctrine, etc. Often the use of a concordance 
which is available online through a tool like uh, BibleGateway.com, uh, can help us in doing this kind of a biblical theology study. And uh, if you have a reference Bible, many of the cross-references in the margin of your Bible verses you are reading or in the center column of the pages of the Bible verses that you are reading can give you what are known as cross-references, which point you to other scripture passages that address the same topic or subject that the verses you are actually reading at that time discuss. And so these are convenient ways to do biblical theology. Now, that being said, let's do a little biblical theology, at least reference-wise, to the question, are there Bible verses predicting that Christ will come to rapture the church before the seven years of tribulation begin? Well, there are several, several verses that predict a pre-tribulational rapture of the church. Here are some of them. Second Thessalonians 2 3 through 12. Revelation chapters 2 and 3, and the fact that they precede Revelation chapters 6 through 19. John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 to 52. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Daniel 9, 24 through 27. Jeremiah 30, verse 7. Matthew 24, verse 15. I really urge you to uh, go and study those verses. If you're listening to the radio live and you couldn't possibly have written all those down, you could go to uh, calvarybible.org.bs and then click on media and you could uh, listen to this broadcast on the internet again to get those references down. I hope you will if if this is a a subject of study that would be um, of interest to you. You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 a.m. in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior.